Michael Swickard here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is brought to you from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which you know is the chili capital of the world. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Monday and Friday, we have regular podcasts like you're going to hear. And Wednesday, we do special people. A little Western culture here in southern New Mexico. I feel I need to tell people this. It confuses some people, and I'm here to set the record straight about something. Have you ever been driving and someone waves at you? Friendly-like? They're not trying to talk to you. Rather, they're just saying, howdy. And they just keep on going. Well, that is part of the code of the West that is still in force in our little slice of paradise. The saying more than 100 years ago was, never pass anyone on the trail without saying howdy. People often note that the residents of our area here are remarkably friendly, especially compared to some states which I'm not about to name. The truth of the matter is that we are polite, or at least Most of us, not all of us, most of us follow the rule of being polite whether we know someone or not. If you see me driving somewhere in my Ford F-150 truck and you wave, I will always wave back. I might even wave first. You can never tell. Since I eat chili a couple times a day, I am perpetually happy and so I wave happily at people. Now, Partly personal is that I was born at Holloman Air Force Base and spent many summers in the Carrizozo area, that's uh, north about 60 miles from Alamogordo, at my grandfather's ranch, though he had mostly retired. In 1978, as an adult years later, I bought the weekly newspaper, the Lincoln County News, which I ran for three years. One year, as we were getting near the anniversary of New Mexico becoming a state, I got the idea I could interview someone who lived in the area when New Mexico did become a state in 1912. If you look at the fountain at New Mexico State University on the southeast corner of Hadley Hall, there are some of the names of the graduating class of 1908. Those names are still there as I'm speaking. One of those names was William Gallagher. He had a ranch about 20 miles from Carrizozo in 1980, so I got myself an invite to go interview him. He knew my grandparents and, of course, knew me since I was the publisher and editor of the local newspaper. Bill Gallagher was four years out of college in 1912, the statehood day, so I wondered, what did he do that Saturday when New Mexico became the 47th state in the Union? Did he go into town to celebrate, have himself a shot of red eye, fire his pistol into the air? You see, New Mexico had spent 60 hard years trying to become a state with one misunderstanding or another killing our statehood chances. Other states became territories, and then they became states while New Mexico never seemed to get any closer to statehood. But then it happened. It happened in 1912. He greeted me warmly when I drove out to his ranch. We talked pleasantly for a few minutes, and then I asked about what he did on statehood day. He paused and became solemn. He said, well, young fellow, on the Saturday that we became a state, 
I got up an hour or so before dawn, had myself some breakfast and coffee, and then went out for the day to do all the chores, such as feeding animals, tending to those that are sick, chasing predators, fixing fence. I worked until the sun went down. Then I went in, had a little supper, and went to bed because I was tired. I interrupted him and said, but William C. McDonald, the owner of the Bar W, which is next to your ranch, he was elected the first governor of New Mexico. Wasn't that a good reason to celebrate? Bill Gallagher smiled indulgently at me and said, well, yes, McDonald was a fine cattleman, but that at that time all he, Bill Gallagher, could do was to work seven days a week on his own ranch to keep it going. That is what it took the first 20 or so years, working every day early, working every day late. Afterwards, he would get involved and be on such things as the school board and the county commission, but not at that time. It really changed my column that week to a testament of working early and working late. That's how New Mexico was built. Not the politicians, not the celebrations. It was just hard work. The truth of the matter is the history of New Mexico is not outlaws and politicians. It's people who went to work early and worked late each and every day. I heartily recommend that you go to the New Mexico Farm and Ranch Museum in Las Cruces to see the real story of New Mexico. One more thing. Bill Gallagher was so interesting because he was on his ranch in, near Carrizozo in 1910 when... Haley's Comet went by the earth, and he was there in 1986. He could point up at it and say, well, what do you know? Haley's Comet, there it is again. The lasting product of Bill Gallagher is his kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, and on and on. There was some great lyrics in an Alan Jackson song, Small Town Southern Man, that went, he said his greatest contributions is the one you leave, ones you leave behind. I used that line in a eulogy a few years ago for a very fine American hero, World War II and Korean warrior, which I will write about in these podcasts about that gentleman. It certainly does fit Bill Gallagher and all of the, the kids, grandkids, and everybody else. Now, I was talking a couple days ago on Wednesday. We do regular podcasts on Monday and Friday, and then a person of interest on Wednesday. So I was talking Wednesday about Dr. Fabian Garcia and the effect there was for him as a researcher of plants, such as chili, onion, pecans, alfalfa, cotton, and how that dovetailed with the blessings of the Elephant Butte Dam and Reservoir so that there was plenty of agricultural water for the vast growing fields. And importantly now, this was the important thing, the railroads, so that the produce picked in the Mesilla and Hatch Valleys could be quickly shipped to market. Now, one direction for the railroad was from the Denver area down to us, and at the New Mexico area of Raton, that meant that a tunnel was required for the railroad to continue. That's not an easy task ever to dig a tunnel through a mountain, but here's the interesting part. Because it was on a tight schedule to complete the tracks, so get this, they dug from both sides to meet in the middle of the mountain. Now that emphasizes the importance of civil engineering, doesn't it? 
And when they met in the middle, everybody was so amazed because the tunnel was within less than a tenth, tenth of an inch directly connected. That's engineering. Stephen Ambrose is nothing like it in the world, the men who built the Transcontinental Railroads, 1863-1869, pointed out that when they did the Coast to Coast Railroad, it was through enormous mountains in California, and they started digging on the east side, the west side, and then right above the middle, they sank a hole, and they then dug each direction, so there were four digs going on, and they all had to align and they did. They were only getting about a foot or two a day done on each face, so they had to do four digs at once. Ten years later, they knew what to do when it came to Raton. Reminds me of the time that Carrizozo was wired for electricity from the generating plants in White Oaks, 13 miles north. They were going to turn on a light in the barbershop exactly at noon to show this. And I understand several cowboys stood around in disbelief. Shoot! They say that electricity is going to run 13 miles to here. I don't think it can do that, even if it is downhill. (laughs) Well, it did. What a surprise. Now, good news for us at Elephant Butte Dam and Reservoir. It is 28% full. Well, actually, 28.1% full. Every little bit helps, doesn't it? Now, why is this newsworthy? Well, one year ago, are you ready for this? It was at 10%. So the winter snows have really had a great effect. I was told last year that the water in Elephant Butte at 10% was so shallow, how shallow was it, that only half the rocks were covered when you were boating. Now there's enough water for boating, fishing, and agriculture. A blessing indeed. Remember, if you have some fresh-caught fish, some spices and lots of Good green chili from the Fresh Chili Company. It would make a great dinner, but there's something more. Here's an opportunity for culinary fame. It doesn't have to be just fish. Take a picture of whatever you are cooking, and uh, you're using Fresh Chili Company seasoning, be it dry rub, salsa, whatever it is. Submit it to us, and you can join our thousands of cooks in our chili cooking section. Upload your picture on Facebook and tag the Fresh Chili Company, or you can ask to join our private group that's called Fresh Chili Cooking and upload there. Uh, The Fresh Chili Company uh, cooking section is great because you get lots of recipes, a large section of recipes, and that use these products. Even I have one where I made beef jerky using some fine green chili as flavoring. You can get some good ideas there, and if you want, you can submit your own favorite way of cooking with chili. Now, one thing that happens when people live in Las Cruces itself, or near us, or they come visit, is they can come by the Fresh Chili Company gift shop. It's located at 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A, there in Las Cruces. It's open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., No need for shipping when you live close by. Plus, you get to walk in, look at each jar, and say, "Mm, mm, mm, that looks good. They also have other stuff that you may be interested in. Now, if you're living far enough away that you would think of shipping, 
If you buy 12 jars, we offer free shipping if you live in the lower 48 states, excluding Alaska and Hawaii. Stock up and make sure you always have plenty of that which makes everyone smile. That's Hatch Valley Red and Green Chili. And a case of that delicious chili will make a great present for someone who lived here, moved away, and still has that taste for Hatch Valley green and red chili. Every jar that opens <laughs> causes a smile. I already know that because that's what happens in my house. Also, if you buy three jars, we will donate one jar of our award-winning Mama's Salsa to a local food bank in New Mexico called Casa de Peregrinos. They provide school lunches and much, much more to those people in need in our community. And so it's a kind of a nice thing to do. This is Michael Swickard with the Fresh Chili Company podcast brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico on this podcast. And Monday and Friday, we will be talking about history and things of culture. And on Wednesday, we'll be talking about people. We talked about Gerald Thomas. Thomas Hall on the campus of New Mexico State University is named for him. And we also did Fabian Garcia this uh, two days ago. So there'll be people we're going to be talking about. If you have something you'd like me to talk about in future podcasts or someone you'd like me to talk about, you can write to me, michael at freshchilico.com. Freshchilico is altogether.com. And it's also where you go to see the recipes. If you want to see good recipes uh, on what to cook with your chili, see what other people do. And again, you can also join the group there and you can send your recipes. And the greatest thing anybody can say is, boy, that tastes just like the way my grandmother made it. Have a great rest of your day. And, oh yes, eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better. Bye for now.